This week we ask, is deployment of United States Marines to Australia a question of sovereignty? The US Marines announced on the 20th of March 2020 that they were suspending their annual deployment to Darwin that has been part of a joint agreement between the Australian and United States governments since 2016. Ten days later, on the 30th of March 2020, Australian Minister of Defence Reynolds issued a press release saying the Australian government had deferred the rotation. The relevant press release is no longer on the Minister's website, nor can you find it on her Twitter account. Does that mean that the Australian government merely fell into line with the decision already made by the United States government as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic? Peace groups and activists petitioned the Australian government after the US Marines announced that they would not be coming, but prior to Minister Reynolds' claim that it was the Australian government that was stopping the United States Marines from coming to Darwin during the COVID-19 lockdown. Independent Peaceful Australia Network posted on their Facebook page, she, the minister, only moved after IPAN and others had applied pressure. However, the decision had already been taken by US authorities. Those of us in the peace movement need to rethink how we go about seeking change. How can we appeal to just masters when there are none? The relevant Marines are currently in Okinawa and could not deploy for active service in Darwin even if the Australian government invited them. US Marines would be in contravention of its own 14-day quarantine period. The same issue arises with deployment of US personnel to the not-so-secret spy base at Pine Gap in the Northern Territory. These deployments have been taking place since the late 1960s. What are the United States troops and personnel that are already here doing? One thing is certain, no one, except the decision-maker, can claim credit for a decision that has already been made or forced on it. So how should the peace movement respond? Here is a view put forward by Andrew and Bevan. Bevan is from the IPAN committee and Andrew is an announcer on the alternative news service, the campaign for international cooperation and disarmament that is broadcast every Sunday morning on Melbourne's community radio station, 3CR. But before we go there, let's listen to Pete Seeger singing Where Have All the Flowers Gone? Where have all the flowers gone? Long time passing Where have all the flowers gone? Long time ago where have all the flowers gone? Girls have picked them, everyone. When will we ever learn? When will we ever learn? Where have all the young girls gone? Long time passing. Where have all the young girls gone? Long 
time ago Where have all the young girls gone Taken husbands, everyone When will we ever learn When will we ever learn Where have all the young men gone Long time passing Where have all the young men gone Long time ago Where have all the young men gone They're all in uniform Oh, when will we ever learn When will we ever learn My only complaint about this song is that maybe it's not specific enough. It's too easy just to say, when will we ever learn, without being what you're really talking about. Welcome to this edition of Alternative News, produced by CICD, the Campaign for International Cooperation and Disarmament, and broadcast at 9.15am every Sunday morning on Melbourne's community radio station 3CR. My name's Andrew, and I have with me Bevan Ramsden from IPAN, the Independent and Peaceful Australian Network. Today we'll discuss the COVID-19 pandemic and how IPAN and the wider peace movement have responded to this dire emergency. Bevan, IPAN recently voiced its concern regarding the planned arrival into Darwin this month of the next rotation of US Marines. IPAN pointed out that if this went ahead, it would directly contravene the government's policy of closing our borders to guard against the coronavirus. What exactly did IPAN say? The IPAN committee noted that because the United States is rapidly becoming a major hotspot for COVID-19, the annual US Marine deployment into Darwin could bring the virus with it. IPAN further noted that although the Australian government had ruled that no foreigners be allowed into Australia, it had not specifically included the US Marines in this prohibition, and felt that in order to protect the residents of Darwin, the government should totally rule out US Marines arriving at this time. IPAN published a media release, voicing its concerns as well as contacting the Defence Department and the Minister of Defence by letter, email and phones to urge cancellation of the troop deployment. On March 30th, the Minister of Defence made this announcement. After careful deliberation, the government has decided not to proceed with the 220 Marine Marine Rotational Force to Darwin at this time, given ongoing restrictions associated with COVID-19. IPAN feels 
that its campaigning may have had a hand in bringing about this very necessary and sensible decision, and reaffirms that when the pandemic is over, it will continue to campaign for the removal of US troops from Darwin and termination of the forced posture agreement with the United States, which underpins this deployment. Apart from the US Marines in Darwin, are there any other US military personnel whom IPAN feels should not enter Australia? Indeed there are. IPAN is also campaigning to have the Australian government's specifically ruled out entry to Australia of US personnel destined for Pine Gap, the US satellite spy base near Alice Springs, and the US airmen operating from the RAAF Tyndall Air Base near Catherine in the Northern Territory. United Nations Secretary General Antonio Guterres made an appeal on March 24th for those nations engaged in warfare to call a ceasefire in order to allow concentration on defeating the global COVID-19 pandemic. Speaking about this threat to our health, he said, That is why today I am calling for an immediate global ceasefire in all corners of the world. How has IPAN responded to this appeal? This appeal by Secretary-General Guterres represents a precious opportunity for global peace to be achieved, even if only for a short time, and it has received a positive response. Russia has agreed to carry out this ceasefire, and the parties to the war in Cameroon have also responded positively, as has Pope Francis. For its part, IPAN has written to Prime Minister Morrison and the Ministers for Defence and Foreign Affairs, urging them to endorse the UN Secretary-General's appeal, ensure that Australian forces end their participation in the Iraq and Afghanistan wars, and stop the involvement of Pine Gap in the US drone warfare program. This could be done by stopping the transmission of targeting information from Pine Gap to the US drone control base at Greach Air Force Base in Nevada. IPAN believes that all peace groups, trade unions, faith groups and other community organisations should support this call by the United Nations and pressure the government into doing likewise. A worldwide ceasefire, even for a short time, would indeed be a great achievement and one that could possibly be extended after the pandemic is over, if there is goodwill and a mass mobilisation for peace by the world's people. An indication of what is possible has been shown by the inspirational acts of solidarity and compassion which have arisen in response to the pandemic. Cuba has sent a team of 36 doctors, 15 nurses and logistic experts to Italy to help stop the spread of the coronavirus in the Lombardy region. The Russian army has sent medical teams and equipment to help Italy battle COVID-19, a goodwill gesture labelled From Russia with Love. China has gifted 1,000 badly needed ventilators to New York, the worst affected region in the United States, and has pledged to share all its information on COVID-19 with the United States 
while at the same time calling for an improvement in relations between the two countries as part of a common effort to defeat the virus. Venezuela has also sent medical teams to Italy, despite experiencing great difficulties as a result of ongoing US sanctions. Here in Australia, many neighbourhood solidarity and self-help groups have been set up to help people keep connected online and organise mutual support and assistance. These online community solidarity groups include Westside Melbourne Coronavirus, Northside Melbourne Coronavirus, the Kindness Pandemic Network, amongst many others nationwide. A Facebook group named 4103-4104-COVID-19, so named because of the postcode areas it covers, has been set up in Brisbane to organise essential supplies for people who are unable to leave their homes. In South Australia, organisations such as the Anti-Poverty Network, Love Your Neighbour South Australia and The Pair provide social support and supply of scarce items. Migrant organisations have joined with other community groups to provide food and financial support for stood-down migrant workers on temporary visas who are stranded here with no family or government support. On Wednesday the 1st of April, the United Nations Secretary-General Antonio Guterres, referring to the global fight against the coronavirus, said... Sanctions imposed on countries should be waived to ensure access to food, essential supplies and access to COVID-19 tests and medical support. This is the time for solidarity, not exclusion. Taking this lead from the United Nations Secretary-General, IPAN has written to the Minister for Foreign Affairs saying, as part of the fight against the coronavirus, economic sanctions imposed on Cuba Venezuela, North Korea and Iran should be lifted so that these countries can obtain the supplies necessary to defeat the virus and save their communities. I think it's vital that peace groups, faith organisations, trade unions and community groups demand that the Australian government shows compassion, supports this call and urges the US government to end its sanctions regime against Cuba, Venezuela, Iran and North Korea. The International Peace Bureau, founded in 1891, is one of the world's longest established peace federations. Recently, the IPB made an appeal regarding military spending. What did the IPB say and how should organisations like IPAN respond? The IPB has called on world leaders to dramatically reduce military spending in favour of health care and all social and environmental needs. This is a call which IPAN and all peace and faith groups can unreservedly reservedly support. IPAN has been campaigning for some time to have the government cut military spending and divert the savings into areas of social need 
and the COVID-19 crisis has made this more urgent than ever. IPAN believes that all peace activists, faith organisations, trade unions and other people's organisations should get behind this appeal by the IPB. It's time the government cut the $250 billion currently earmarked to be squandered on military hardware such as submarines and the F-35, for example, and spend the money instead on defeating the coronavirus, upgrading our run-down and understaffed public hospitals, providing affordable housing and rectifying the NBN mess amongst many other pressing social needs. After all, this threat to our health is real, whereas the supposed military threat, which the $250 billion has been allocated to meet, is non-existent and contrived to boost the super profits of the military-industrial complex. Well, I wrote a little song for my friends to sing, and, and it's called Woodstock. It goes like this.
time we got to Woodstock, we were half a million strong and everywhere there was song in a celebration. And I dreamed I saw the bombers riding shotgun in the sky. 